Help us, Lord, in Jesus' name, come through for us. Bless this video, Lord. Bless the words of our mouth. Bless the posture of our heart. Amen. What's up, guys? How you doing? I'm Paul. I'm Morgan. Today's video, we are talking about, ooh, I mean, there's anybody that's not living under a rock, I'm going to just say that, knows what's going on in our country and the ripple effects that that is having on the world. This is big. I mean, Morgan, I'll be honest with you. We've been doing this YouTube channel for over five years now. I can't think of a bigger week, just just a bigger <laughs> political, social issues, culture, all coming down to this crescendo. So many people passionately vocalizing their opinions. I can't think of a bigger week. Yeah. Uh, yeah, this is probably the biggest. <laughs> And we come today to make a video. We're looking at, well, you know, what do we talk about here? We got Roe versus Wade that just got overturned. This is monumental. Monumental. It's monumental. And it's like, what? Do, so what do we just talk about that? What do we talk about? How do we encourage the Christian body? And we see probably the biggest worship collective in America um, some stuff going on with them that we're going to talk about today. We're also going to give some shout outs to some people that we are, we just want to praise for the good stuff that they're doing, but. All right, let's get to it. Okay. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. He can just keep talking and talking. It's like, we're going to talk about that. <laughs> if you're new here, make sure you subscribe. We're giving commentary on culture, social issues, and faith to help you be in the world. But of the word. And that is so true for today's video. Yes, it is. Man, it's so true. People like to like separate the stuff. Oh, don't intertwine godly biblical truth with culture or with the world or with politics or with social issues. Keep them separate. Wah! Oh my god, we see where he stands. <laughs> I just got a ton of energy today. Oh dear. I got a ton of energy today. And you know what it is? What? That workout. <laughs> it gave me a boost. <laughs> guys, if you want energy, go work out. <laughs> hey, but uh, real quick, if you guys are excited for this video, tell YouTube, tell the YouTube algorithms by giving it a thumbs up and it helps us out a lot. Also, we had 12, 11. 11 of our dear patrons over literally to our house our house for the weekend and can i just say like you, you never really know going into it what to expect that was a lot of fun it exceeded all my expectations it was amazing and we're going to be doing something kind of like that but even bigger and better uh patron retreat in march so stay tuned and on the lookout for that become a patron if you want to support what we're doing here you appreciate our ministry you appreciate yeah. us being bold and speaking out go to patreon.com slash paul and morgan show we need more boldness in these times we seriously do i just yeah. see a dog walking by hopefully okay her eyes are closed let's hope they stay closed yeah but shout out to the patrons that made it also one of actually two of our patrons that were here gave us an idea so i just want to share what we plan on doing is you know how like we'll post this video we do the 30 minute chunk where we really dive into the topic then we do a q a and open it up and normally i'll trim out the q a to make it a more palatable link for people to click on the video we're going to start posting the trimmed q a onto patreon to just be an added perk the two patrons that were over at our house were like i i would like to be able to see that if i'm not able to tune in live so the q a will be up on patreon added perk for our patrons. All right, Morgan, let's start things off because it can tend to get a little bit negative. 
And yeah. and to be honest, like I look back at the prophets of the Old Testament, and I look back at who Jesus said was the greatest man born of woman. Who was that, Morgan? John the Baptist. Boom. Even <laughs> Jesus, he started his, I mean, Jesus was, there were so many parts of Jesus, but he ultimately, he started his ministry preaching repentance. There is such a thing as speaking truth to a generation that needs it and speaking a hard word. Mm -hmm. So we're going to do some of that, but let's start off on a lighter note. Who can we praise that is doing an awesome job, a bold job, speaking truth in regards to the overturning of Roe v. Wade? Well, there's so many, and we're definitely not going to say them all, but some that have just stood out to us are John Cooper. Great. He's got a podcast. Great episode today. The Cooper stuff. Um, Allie Beth Stuckey. She's amazing. Has a podcast on Twitter, on Instagram. She's crushing it. Yep. Um, Poplitics. That is like a part of Turning Point USA. It's a talk show. Follow them on, yeah, on Instagram. They've been crushing it. Yeah. Being really bold. Just speaking out against, well, speaking out in excitement and just sharing information on everything that's happening. Uh, uh, Isaiah Saldivar. Saldivar has been bold. I just love Bethany Beal. So refreshing to me. Yeah. And we're about to get into why it's refreshing, and uh, we're gonna flip it on its head, do the other side of things. But it's just so refreshing. Bethany Beal from Girl Defined, and then our friend Caroline. I want to give our friend Caroline, who's been on the channel, a shout out. She's been one of the most bold at posting, just unashamedly praise God that Roe versus Wade. Has it's been, been overturned. overturned. I mean, it's worth. Ce- I'm. I'm just putting it out there. Newsflash: This is worth celebrating, and I'm not going to back down from that. From saying that, this is worth celebrating. I'll say it over and over again. All right, I'm going to calm down. <laughs> oh boy. Well, we're going to talk more too about like this idea of like, should we be celebrating? And but you know, there are still there are like people living in fear now and we should be pouring into them and we shouldn't be like rubbing it in their faces that we won. Um and I don't know, I mean we could talk about that right now or do you want to wait? Um just how to celebrate. Yeah. What that should look like. Let's let's kind of wrap up with that, if that's okay with you. Unless you just really I don't know. Okay. Well let's do this then. <laughs> I um as we get in to Maverick City, that's the title. I, Morgan and I decided to put in the thumbnail text, Dear Maverick City, because this is going to be directed at them, but it's directed at, at a good amount of people. It's directed at anyone who's stayed quiet. Stayed quiet or, well, yeah, that's going to be the, the crux of it, but or Maverick City didn't t- totally stay quiet, and we'll tell you what we mean here in just a moment. Morgan, uh, I, I wanted to say, I, I did not feel the need to just reach out to, to everybody. There's a place to do that. The Bible says, if a brother sins against you, and I believe that's saying a brother within your church, within your circle, if they sin against you, first go to them in private and then take another one or two people and go to them and then take the whole church and call them out in front of the church, which isn't done very much at all. No. <laughs> and so the weak sauce. I, do I need a do I need a little massage? Am I gonna get too am I gonna be too fiery today? I feel like you are. It's gonna be the fiery one today, guys. It's more often you. Yeah. But I'm a little bit nervous of the trajectory. Just relax, relax, deep breath, deep breath. Okay, no, we don't have time for this. Focus. Okay. <laughs> um, uh, but what I was saying was nevertheless, there is a place 
to, as we see the apostle, there, there's a place to go to a brother quietly. And then there's a place when someone has a public platform, they have an audience, they've made public posts yeah. to call them out publicly. We saw the apostle Paul, he, he called out Peter to his face in front of the assembly of believers because he was leading them astray in the hypocrisy with the Jews and Gentiles. You guys can look at that in the book of Acts, I believe. Anyway, I did decide before um, coming on here and going live, I, I reached out to Maverick City about a certain something, and I reached out to the drummer of Maverick City about a certain something. So I guess, Morgan, without further ado, why don't you pull up um, the the post by Isaiah Saldivar, what the drummer said. Tell them about Isaiah Saldivar and, and then go ahead and let's read this. So Isaiah Saldivar, you guys can check out his YouTube channel. He's great. But he posted and said, Maverick City is arguably the most influential worship band currently in our generation. It seems it would be obvious that they would post something about one of the most single most important days in U.S. history, the overturning of Rover's Wade. The only member who posted something, to my knowledge, was the drummer who tours with them. And this is what he posted. This is the first time I have ever called any ministry or person out by name, but the silence is sickening. Things need to change. The standard is so low in the church right now. So the drummer posted, men shouldn't be making laws about women's bodies. Men shouldn't be making laws about women's bodies over and over and over on his story. That is what he posted. So to our knowledge, because I, I, I found myself very curious about this, what are people posting or on the flip side, why are people staying completely silent? Mm -hmm. Why is the biggest worship collective in the U.S. staying silent? Oh, one of them did post. What did they post? Right. They literally posted in opposition to the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Yeah, and it's like, you know, Maverick City has not been silent about other very politically uh, hot and steamy things. So they're obviously open to speaking out about certain things, but apparently this is not one of those things, which is interesting. Um, but yeah, then to see that the only one who did speak out was literally saying they're mad that Roe vs. Wade was overturned. And you guys, let's just put it out there right out, out of the gate. We don't hate Maverick City. Yeah, you've seen us make some videos on them because if I'm being honest, we're concerned. I'm concerned. I see the following they have. I see the reach they have. Yeah. Um, they, they're incredibly blessed. They're talented. And yet I'm concerned Very about concerned. Maverick City and I'm concerned about the people that uh, go to their concerts and, and put them on a pedestal. Mm-hmm of what godly uh, people should look like. And part of that is on us. We shouldn't be putting any man or woman right. on a pedestal. No, but like Isaiah said, they're arguably the most, the largest and most impactful worship collective out there in the world right now. Like all eyes are on them and they have a huge responsibility, a huge mantle placed on them to set an example, to speak out for the innocent, to speak out for the unborn, um, and, and whatever. And here they are, silent, slash one of them speaking out against the fact that it's been overturned. So it's very concerning. I reached out to the drummer. You can pull up the picture, not to like highlight. Here he is. 
Um, but here's uh, this was just this is like one of the popular Maverick City, I guess. Photos. Photos, and he's uh, the guy on the very far left. Um, I reached out to him. It earlier today doesn't say that he read it. I reached out to Maverick City Music's official Instagram account. It does say that they read it. This was five or six hours ago. They haven't responded. Um, I am at a place, and again, I, I don't hate Maverick City. We're all, it, it's a crazy time to be alive. And I, I do, I desire to have grace for people. I desire to, to think, you know, they they could have their reasons. Of course, they have their reasons. These pastors that haven't spoken a celebratory message on Sunday or even brought up the overturning of Roe v. Wade, and it's very disappointing to me, but they have their reasons. So I want to I wanna have grace and empathy. But I'm at this place right now as I'm getting on Facebook and seeing old friends from church or from my Christian school that I went to briefly or blah, blah, and they're actually posting in opposition to the overturning of Roe v. Wade. I'm at this place where I, when I go to church and it's not, I'm hearing about other churches where it's not even brought up. It's not even celebrated. I'm at the place where I'm like, something is off in American, in the American church. Mm-hmm. Something is very off. Yeah. It's, I don't know. I, I want to come and say that like, I get it. It's scary to speak out about this stuff. It's, you know, I'm seeing lots of people that I follow that have larger platforms that, like, I actually know on a personal level, and they haven't said anything. Um, people that I don't maybe personally know, but they've got a, they're known to be believers, and they haven't said a single thing on their Instagram, and on Facebook, or whatever. And it's, I, I get that it's scary because you could lose a lot of things. You could lose followers. You could lose business you could lose your platform entirely who knows i get that it's scary but why are we scared why are we allowing this fear of man to control what we do or don't say where is our trust in jesus why are we not speaking out why are we too afraid to look different from the world it's it's weird to me but i get that it's scary and I personally, like I've shared, I shared plenty on my Instagram and immediately was getting a ton of pushback and was getting people saying just the nastiest things to me. I shared one thing that was said to me about a girl praying that I have a miscarriage and it's like, that's not an easy thing to read or hear, but to me, it doesn't matter. This is a huge deal and it deserves to be spoken about. It deserves to be celebrated and it deserves to be, um, yeah, just recognized from every single person that claims to be a believer. It deserves that. These lives that have been lost, these babies' lives that have been lost deserve the recognition. And yeah, well, pull up, Morgan. I'm sorry. Go on. Go on. Oh, no, you're good. Pull up the picture of Maverick City at The View. Uh, I want to say maybe it was a week to two weeks ago. Last week. Last week, they um, they were on The View. I don't see the drummer in this picture, but you can see Chandler Moore. You see Brandon Lake, uh, Kirk Franklin. Mm-hmm. And as I hear you talking about, like, you know, we're, we're scared of backlash. 
you know, I see the trajectory that Maverick City's on. Just I think last night they were they performed at the BET Awards, Black Entertainment Television, and that's not a you know, it's not a Christian. You can have all kinds of award ceremony, all, and and they're over there performing and okay, and then you know here they are on the View, and I, I watched. Of course, I'm intrigued to see what happens. So, and I, I watch the View occasionally, even though it's overall extremely liberal. You have Whoopi going on these tirades, these pro-abortion tirades. Tirades? Um, is that the word? Uh, just uh, rants, rampages, <laughs> and you got then you you have Maverick City performing on the View, and Whoopi comes out towards the end of them singing their new song Kingdom, and she's kind of dancing along with them. We see the trajectory they're on, and if they suddenly you know, they're, they're fine to post what the world deems acceptable. They're fine to post the BLM fist. They're fine to post about, you know, the incarceration problems. They're fine to post about, we need all the, all the stuff that is safe, safe. Lecrae's fine to post that stuff. Jackie Hill Perry's fine to post that stuff. Beth Moore's fine to post that stuff. Getting into the even more so the social justice gospel, you're safe to post that. But when they're cozying up with the View hosts, when they're cozying up with BET, the BET Awards <laughs> with Kirk Franklin, Kirk Franklin's doing albums with Lil Baby, uh, and then you start posting against the overturning of Roe v. Wade, that's when you're going to experience pushback from the world. Mm. I think we're seeing friendship with the world is enmity towards God. There's a reason why Jesus was saying, don't be surprised when the world hates you. Mm -hmm. But then you see bands like this. That are loved by the world. And it's just like, I'm sorry, but it's not right. It's not surprising. <laughs> it, then, it, it doesn't surprise me then when I see them fall silent. Yeah. Oh, you really going to go there and you can lose your friendships with the high and mighty mm -hmm. of this world? It's not... It, you see where it's gotten us. We've gotten canceled from three out of our last four brand deals. It's not fun. And praise the Lord, I think that we have a conservative brand deal coming up that hopefully will be kind of a continued partnership. Praise <laughs> the Lord for our patrons. But it's, it's not the easy way. Narrow Do you guys enjoy getting these disgusting messages on a regular basis? Friggin' no. <laughs> Narrow is the way that leads to life and few there be that find it. But broad is the way that leads to destruction and many there uh and many there be that go in there at mm. getting into some kjv there yeah <laughs> but um i want to read a few um i, I do want to get into a little more of my frustration and am i rightfully frustrated or am i kind of getting a little bit too in the feels and i need to pump the brakes in regards to getting upset with pastors that for whatever reason, refuse to even touch on it mm -hmm. uh, in yesterday's Sunday service. But as I get to that, um, let me uh, so just just read a few more responses to that in particular with the Maverick City thing, and in particular their drummer. Here's your boy over at uh, mm -hmm. Fresh Start. Yes, Fresh Start Church. Fresh Start Church, one of the associate pastors there. I think he's the youth pastor and one of like the worship pastors with his him and his wife. Okay, well he 
he posted and said, So are the major Christian black gospel artists, groups, and mainstream worship movements like Maverick City Music and their affiliates not allowed to comment or post in support of Roe v. Of Roe v. Wade being overturned? Or do they just genuinely not care? Asking for a friend. Hashtag exposing the counterfeit. So I guess he posted what one of his friends shared, it looks like. Um, Kongman Lee, who I think I have the picture mm-hmm. of this one. I saw him post this and it actually inspired me to make a post of my own on Instagram. But I saw this and I was like, this caused me when I read this to pull back a little bit and say, and, and personally evaluate what did my church do this Sunday in regard in regards to this monumental, amazing thing that just took place in our lifetime? Mm-hmm. What? How did our church respond? It caused me to reflect and say, is Kongman here going a little too far or is what he's saying right? Can you read that and then read his uh, stuff underneath as well? If your pastor rearranged all of his sermons and church activities after the BLM riots broke out but isn't saying a single word nor celebrating the overruling of Roe vs. Wade, it may be time to find a new church. And then he said, did you know that half of women who get abortions are every Sunday going Christians? Read that. Just read that again. Did you know that half of women who get abortions are every Sunday going Christians? I don't know where he got that statistic or whatever, but I I know for a fact they're flooding the church gates. They're there on Sunday morning and then they're going and getting abortions. Why? Why is there no conviction? Why is there no righteous biblical conviction? Could it be because pastors won't even celebrate it when it's overturned, much less speak out against it on a normal Sunday? This fires me up, guys. I can't remember the last time I was this fired up, if I'm being honest. I can't remember either. I'm shocked over here. He continues and says, abortion isn't talked about churches in churches nearly enough. And if it is, many times the biblical view of it isn't taught at all. Too many churches kept... Capitulate? Capitulate? Capitulate to a godless culture on what to say and how to say it instead of being informed by the word of God and led by the Holy Spirit. Friday was a huge win in the fight for life, a monumental and one of the most impactful days in American history. Every pastor should be talking about it. Is it wrong to go because I, I got pushback. I'll read to you some of my pushback. Is that is that being too black and white to say that every pastor should have talked about this, Morgan? There's gonna be a lot of people who say, Yeah, that's too black and white. Um, I say, No, it's not too black and white. I think it's just a reality. Like, okay, so here's just a little analogy the, okay an analogy very good that john cooper gave in his podcast that i was listening today too and so bear with me <laughs> i'm gonna try to say how he said it imagine you have a friend who has wanted to get married for the past 20 years of her life she has been praying about it every single day you have prayed about it over her life walked with her through that a ton of people have prayed for this for her to find a husband she finally 
finds a husband. 200 people show up to her wedding and they're all in line to like go up to the bride and groom, you know, after they've gone through the ceremony to, you know, normally you go up and you congratulate them, say blah, 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 and move on to go have dinner. Well, they're all in line, these 200 people, and every single one of them comes up to them and says, hey, I know that this is something you've prayed for for a really long time, but like there are starving children in Africa, so we really shouldn't be celebrating. Or someone else comes up to her and is like, I know that I've prayed over you for you to find your husband and that's great and all that you found your husband, but we shouldn't be celebrating this because there are other women out there who haven't found their husbands yet. And no one congratulates her for this giant prayer that she prayed for 20 years to come to pass, finally came to pass. It's been answered. No one congratulates her. And they're all like, well, you shouldn't be congratulating because there are people out there in pain. And I thought that that was so interesting because I've heard several people say we shouldn't be celebrating because there are now women who are living in fear and Granted, they're living in fear because they're believing lies or they're hearing things, hearing people say things, or they have just, you know, been controlled by fear through the enemy, whatever. So we shouldn't be celebrating because that's just going to hurt their feelings and make Christians look worse to them. And so we just need to like celebrate in private with the Lord and then move on with life and pour into these women. That's bull crap, okay? I'm sorry, but it is. This is a time to celebrate loudly. It is not a time to shove it in people's faces. And by all means, there are people out there who are being ridiculous and saying, you know, suck it to the people who are in pain or are in fear now because they're believing lies and whatever else that the media is pushing out. That's not the right way to handle it. But to say we're not allowed to celebrate that we're not allowed to celebrate the people who for the past 50 years have prayed, who have been on the front lines, who have poured sweat, blood and tears into pregnancy crisis centers, who have gone out and stood out front of abortion clinics, who did not give up on policy, who fought for this. We're not allowed to celebrate them and say, way to go, you guys. You won one of the wars you were fighting like that's absolutely ridiculous celebrate all the babies that are gonna be able to be born now yeah if we can't celebrate this if pastors that's the thing you guys like kongman's post women just coming through the door they're going to sunday service and then they're going and getting abortions Mm -hmm. pastors are supposed to be shepherding their flock Mm-hmm. The church is supposed to be influencing society. Mm-hmm. And yet the church, so many church, not all churches, praise God for the bold ones. I heard Bethel Church speaking passionately about it. However you feel about Bethel, they're speaking passionately, c- celebrating the overturning of Roe v. Wade. Mm-hmm. Part of celebrating too is like, guys, we get to celebrate and that we get to step up as the church now and pour into these women. We get to put our money where our mouth is and pour into these pregnancy crisis centers. We get to foster, we get to adopt, we get to help and walk alongside these women who thought that their only option was abortion and now that option is gone, what do they do? Guess what? There were so many other options and you could, if you want, keep that child and we'll walk alongside and pour into your life as Christ and the church should. So yeah, proclaim that, preach that, encourage that. It starts with a celebration. 
don't just move on to that. Yeah. Like, okay, guys, now we'll celebrate. That's my perspective. Celebrate. And in celebration, the pastors that are leading their flocks are showing them what is right. Biblically, what is right. Mm -hmm. But if we just refuse to celebrate it, or as kind of we're seeing some people, it's almost like, and it, it, if I'm being honest, it makes me concerned. It makes me suspicious, but they just quickly move on like, all right, now, now we really need, like almost it's this negative thing. Now you guys better step up. Now we better start with a celebration. Mm -hmm. Okay. A war was just one. A war in the spiritual realm was just one. Mm -hmm. A war in the, in the physical realm was just one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Oh, rats. What was I going to say? Nope, it's gone. <laughs> Think about it. Here's what I, I posted after um, Kongman's post. It inspired me to kind of play off that. I said, knowing that there were so many pastors that didn't even mention the overturning of Roe versus Wade is sad and telling to me. You all should be leading the celebration. There must be boldness and biblical truth spoken from the pulpit at the risk of offending. Your flock needs shepherding. And then down at the bottom, I said, my two cents, this was in the description, the overturning of Roe v. Wade should not be one of those gray area social issues, which there are those. I don't need my pastor from the pulpit talking about every single thing that happens in politics or happens in culture. And we don't need every Christian speaking out on literally every single thing that's going on in this world. There shouldn't be that pressure if just because you have a platform, you have to have an opinion on every single thing. But this is just so different. (laughs) There are certain things that you have opinions on. There are certain things that you, as the head or just as the Christian body, Mm -hmm. you influence, you Mm -hmm. speak into, you speak the biblical truth of when it is a black and white thing. Mm -hmm. There's some gray areas. Yeah, I have opinions that I feel passionately about, but it's more of just my opinion or it's, it's more of a gray area. This is a biblical black and white we should be speaking on this. We should be celebrating it. I said, this does not need to be one of those issues treated with delicate nuance. Pastors should be leading the celebration, rejoicing, and then encouraging their congregation to support, care for, and pour into these mothers, fathers, and children. Which, let's just be very clear. The church and Christians have been pouring into mothers, fathers, and children for years, years, for a long, long, long time. People like to act like that it's not happened yes, at all. Yes, they like to say, yes, but almost every single pregnancy crisis center you're going to find is run by Christians. Two-thirds of the people who adopt in foster care are Christians. Um, there have been churches that have literally wiped out the foster care system in, in their counties because they stepped up and they fostered slash adopted every single child in the system in their county. So to say that Christians are doing nothing is absolutely a lie, is so ridiculous, and just not statistically true whatsoever. And in keeping with just my point of, I I think it's just a non-negotiable. Pastors should be speaking on this. They should be rejoicing in this and leading their congregation and rejoicing. This should be a black and white issue. It's not one of those gray things. Uh, Sean Foyt posted, whatever you think of Sean Foyt, I like him overall. I don't agree with all of his uh, maybe spiritual doctrines, but he posted, and I thought this was really good. He said, all three of these movements in America began with preaching in the pulpit. One, the Revolutionary War that freed the people from tyranny of England. Two, the abolition of slavery. 
three, the ending of abortion. Thank God we didn't keep our religion out of politics. And yet I'm looking at 2022 churches, mm-hmm. 2022 pastors. Yeah. Again, it not all, but I would think it would be safe to say a, a good amount of them. I'm, I'm not going to say the majority, but yeah. I comment you guys in, in the comment section right now. And I hope that I'm surprised when I read your all's comments. Comment if your pastor this past Sunday celebrated the overturning of Roe v. Wade. I'd be curious, but I I would say it's a very good amount in 2022 that are just like, whether it's fear, I'm going to say... I'm going to say it's all fear. (laughs) I'm going to say at least part of it is fear-driven or perhaps it's the, uh, we know there are so many uh, people maybe that come to our church, the young people that they're just not ready. I don't want to come across like I'm harsh by celebrating this when they're actually sad about it. So I'm not going to no. like we are again, you're, we're the shepherds mm-hmm. shepherd and what the Bible says. Yeah. Our friend said that their, his pastor got up uh, on in the pulpit yesterday and basically said, I'm going to tell you right now that if you're a Christian and you support abortion, you're not a Christian. And I feel like you should be so thankful that I'm telling you that right here, right now, so that you have a chance to repent rather than you finding that out at the end of your life when you face God on Judgment Day. And I just think that's interesting because how many pastors do we have that are just being so blunt and so just like matter of fact, and I'm going to call you guys out. And if you want to get up and leave this church, you can get up and leave. But I'm here to speak God's truth. I'm here to speak what the word of God says and to call you out and hold you accountable in how you're living your life and what you're believing. And you should be thankful for that because you won't have to then face God on judgment day for this. Like it's much safer to face this pastor than God. I just thought that was interesting. That's good, Morgan. Psalm 139, 13, 15, 16. For it was you who created my inward parts. You knit me together in my mother's womb. My bones were not hidden from you when I was made in secret. When I was formed in the depths of the earth, your eyes saw me. When I was formless, all my days were written in your book and planned before a single one of them began. Uh, Ten Commandments, you shall not murder. Says in, I uh, don't even, oh, Proverbs 6, there are six things that the Lord hates, seven that are an abomination to him, haughty eyes, a lying tongue, and hands that shed innocent blood. Um, I could go on. They poured out innocent blood, the blood of their sons and daughters whom they sacrificed to the idols of Canaan. Psalm 106, 38. Yeah. It, it really, and again, I'm sure, and I plan to have a, a conversation, if not a couple conversations myself with maybe some leaders in my life, but um, or at least one leader. I'm sure that there are, they, they have their reasons, they have their justifications for not celebrating it. But to me, it's not, it's not something that I'm just going to overlook. Something that John Cooper said again in his podcast, it was really good. Maybe we'll link it below. Um, but he just said that what he feels like he's seen a lot of these days are leaders, pastors, people in general who, you know, say that they're Christian, start 
taking in some of like what the world is saying is justice and what the world is saying is compassionate and then they see maybe what god says is justice or what god says is compassion and they're like you know god i actually think i have a better way of being compassionate like i hear what you're saying in in the word but like i have a better way of being compassionate so i'm gonna do that and like who the heck are we to think that we know a better way than God's way. If you are thinking that at all, if you are reading God's word and saying, but God, like that just does, I just feel like I know a better way or I just know what's more right in this situation, how to respond to it. Like you need to check yourself and wreck yourself down on the face, on your face, crying it out to the Lord of being like, I need you to humble me because when we start to think that we know better than God, when we start to think we know how to empathize more than Jesus knows yeah. how to empathize, we know how to love better than Jesus loved, we're not in a safe place. We're, we're not, not in a good place at all. Because we're, we're ultimately then inventing our own rules and our Absolutely. own religion. Our own, you've just created a whole new Jesus. Congrats. Let me share this real <laughs> quick. I, I did have a little bit of pushback to my church post. Someone that I, I know and love via social media, um, confident he loves the Lord, but he responded to me calling out pastors. And he said, if the deciding factor for us is that a pastor didn't speak on something going on in the world, then we've completely taken our eyes off of Christ. And I responded and I said, hey, bro, I love you. And I do believe the gospel should be front and center, but this isn't just something going on in the world. This is huge. And if pastors and Christians can't lead the way in celebrating pouring into these mothers and kids and speaking biblical truth into issues like these, I believe there is something wrong. And then someone else actually responded to this guy, and I liked what uh, she said. She said, the whole point of a church is to be a pillar and, not sure what that word is, buttress of truth, 1 Timothy 3.15. And a true pastor's role is to equip the saints, Ephesians 4.12. No one is demanding pastor's comment on, on every news story, but if a pastor can't respond about something God has clearly drawn a line on, then it's a good indicator that it's him that has taken his eyes off Christ. He'd rather serve the goats than feed the sheep. Red flag. And so, yes, time to find a real church, not a goat farm. It's weird because, like, as just... YouTubers and Christian YouTubers and we talk about culture and social issues and, and whatnot from a faith perspective like we have seen in the past few years of our channel like we in a sense are looked at from you guys as like shepherding you all and we heard someone else talk about this about how like people are looking at um, podcasters. podcasters and youtubers as their shepherd because their pastors are not shepherding them and like when i heard that i was just like like yes this is true and it's also really sad and concerning because like paul and I, we're not pastors we don't claim to be pastors we didn't go to seminary we didn't like we read the word of god on a daily basis and we want to live by his word and we want to pour that out into you guys as well but like we're not your pastors and but it's just so it's just interesting to me of like why are pastors not 
doing what they need to be doing, which is shepherding their flock. And it's just, to me, it's just like this, again, this, this fear of man of, oh, we've got so many people though that are starting to come to our church. They're college students. They're going to this very secular college. They're being told these things. We know that they believe them or they even support abortion. They support LGBTQ lifestyle, whatever. So like if we speak out against it, it's just going to make them turn from the church. That's not what you have to worry about as a pastor. You worry about being accountable to God one day for how you shepherded your church, your flock, your people. And in my opinion, a lot of them are going to be held responsible for not being brave enough, bold enough to just speak out just what the Bible says. That's all. That's all we're asking is for pastors to speak on what the Bible says and to celebrate life when life deserves to be celebrated. There you go celebration you guys it doesn't have to look like you're being a jerk no. you're not just just being trying to destroy the opposing side but this is absolutely worth celebrating and in our celebration let's lead a lost generation let's be the cities on the hill and the lights not hidden under a bushel that we were called to be and with all that now let's look for stepping up because there are going to be areas where christians and hopefully People that maybe aren't walking with the Lord will step up as well. Step up yeah. for life. All right, guys. Love it. Comment below. Let us Woo! know where you are at with the Maverick City situation, but then just maybe other musicians, worship collectives, influencers that are kind of in that camp, or also comment if you'd like on the, the church and the pastor situation. I'd love to hear your thoughts. Keep the convo going. All right, guys. We love you very much. We'll catch you again soon. If you're in the live chat, we'll be right back. Have hope and be free. Yeah. <laughs> As you may have noticed, we get very few brand deals, which is why our patrons, the names you see here, are so important. You guys really are the lifeblood of this ministry. We could not do this without you all. If you believe in this content and you want to partner with us on Patreon, click the link below or just go to patreon.com slash Show.